Hello and welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. This is episode 29 and it's called All the Dubs. Um, my name is Faye and uh, this is my monthly podcast. Lots of you know that, but I keep on forgetting to introduce myself. So just in case you're new to the podcast, I'm Faye. Um, we go out monthly and there are slides and information in all of the show notes so you can find where I am, but I'm most active on Instagram and also on Ravelry, though I still need to catch up on Ravelry. Ravel, Ravelry? Ravelry. Ravelry, Ravelry, Ravelry. I think it might be one of them. It's been quite a full on month and I think maybe my my brain is going faster than my tongue can keep up with. How are you all doing? I hope you're doing well. Um, I'm waving and I'm waving and there's a hell of a lot less bingo wing going on because I've been working, <laughs> I've been working really hard and I've just finished doing Wonder Wheels which is why the show is called All The Dubs because everything that I've been doing it seems to have a W in it. Um, but yes, my muscles are considerably developed from uh, all the antics that I've been up to. I've got quite large guns at the moment. <laughs> um, I hope you're all well. It's, it feels like it's been a very long month since I last um, podcasted and it has been exceptionally busy. So this one's probably a little light on the actual crochet content because um, I just haven't had personal crafting time. So if this is your first time with me, usually I have a lot of crochet content and um, I don't have as much this month just because of the number of shows that I've got coming forward at the moment, which really have to take priority. Um, but yeah, I've still got quite a lot of content to take you through. First up, I wanted to talk about Wonderful Wheels, all the dubs. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, but I've been told that in Australia, instead of when you're relaying what a website is and instead of saying www dot they just say all the dub all the dubs and then whatever the address is which seems far more sensible to me so wonderful wheels is all the dubs and it was fantastic if you don't know what it is it's a wool festival that happens in the middle of wales every april it's my second year of ending at it and it's a proper sheepy, sheepy wool festival. They had little mohair kid goats there as well that were just beautiful. And um, over 200, I think it was about 225 different vendors. So it's a massive, massive festival and it's run over two days. It's usually the Saturday and Sunday, roughly on the last weekend of April, unless Easter gets in the way. And it's a real it's my favourite festival for lots of different reasons. And I know quite a few new people went to it the, um this year because of my recommendation and they really enjoyed it. It's it's great fun, it has amazing food and really good vendors. So if you're a multi-craftual, there's lots of crochet content, knitting, spinning, weaving, textiles, lots of woolen uh, fashion as well, really nice stuff and it's just a good fun lovely friendly atmosphere and it's in beautiful welsh countryside as well you just you kind of couldn't help for more it's well worth going there for the weekend 
And if you're thinking about going to it next year, book your accommodation up early. It's a little like um, Yarndale in that um, accommodation goes very quickly and there isn't that much accommodation available in and around the town of both wells. So you have to get there rapidly. Um, it's really cool to see people were coming over from Norway. I had people on the stand from Berlin. There was a party of ladies that had come over from America for it. And that really pleases me because some of the other British-based festivals get a lot more hype on social media than Wonderwall Wales does. But for my money, Wonderwall Wales is the best festival we've got in the UK, um, in part because it's properly sheepy. It's set in three cattle mart sheds, but it's really nicely laid out and it's very flat and it's just a lovely, lovely festival. So if you... If you've previously thought about it and you've not yet made it, go along to Wonderwall Wales. Um, one, it's a bit of a mouthful, and two, it's just it's just great fun. You'll love it. So, I've been having a fab old time there, but um, and I'm sure you've heard lots of podcasters who also have companies like I do speak in the past about the amount of effort it takes to get to a show and to vend at it. And so I've spent pretty much the last three weeks getting ready for um, for that festival. And when I say three weeks, what I mean is working like 12 to 16 hour days every day for for at least two weeks. I had one day off um, and I wouldn't change it. I really love it. I love the, the feeling and the empowerment that I get from getting all of my stock together and taking it to a show and knowing that you've nailed certain things and you've brought the right stock and the right levels of stock as well. Um, yeah, and only good things ever come out of doing a show like that. Um, something really cool has happened that I can't, I can't share with you for a month or so, but as soon as I can, I will, I will let you know. But it's very, very exciting. For me, <laughs> it's really exciting for me and great news for my company as well. So, yeah, I've I've had a ball over the last few weeks, but <laughs> I've not done any personal crafting because of it. But I'll make up for it. Um, I'm at another show on the 12th and 13th of May, which is Woolwich Junction 13, which is just off the M6. It's at Penkridge, which is Junction 13 of the M6. And I'm there the weekend after this podcast goes live. Um, so all of the prep that I've been doing, I've been actually trying to double up and make all of my preparations for Wonderwall Wales and Woolwich Junction 13, which is why I've just... You haven't seen me on the radar, haven't really been on Instagram, haven't been on Ravelry, because I've just had to be doing show prep, show prep, show prep. And I'm finally over it. I was spoke to my best friend Jenny earlier and said, I think that the real Fae has been abducted by aliens because this version of Fae, before she unloaded the van from Wonderwall Wales, cleaned the office floor, hoovered it, washed it, put stuff away, has stock, done all the stock taking already back in from the show and has been updating the website with all the new stock numbers. Usually that can take me months to do that. And I've done it already and it's today's Tuesday after the show. So somewhere out there in the universe is the real fee and this imposter is really, really organised and, and got all her shiz together basically. So um, yeah, let's see what imposter fee does with the podcast today.
because I've been so full on with the show prep, one of the things I haven't yet done is drawn any winners for the different designer cal that finished. So apologies for that. Um, I just thought it got so late in the day that I thought I'll just wait and do it live on the podcast instead. So we had a load of amazing entries into the different designer cal. Lots of people trying new to them designers. There's a lot of stuff in the FO thread and in the chatter thread as well. And if you went to the hashtag on Instagram, different designer cal, there's lots of beautiful projects in there. So what I was going to do was draw a prize for um, one from Ravelry and one for um, Instagram. So on Ravelry, we had 44 finished objects. So I'm going to generate a number between one and 44 and tell you, I'll do a little wibbly wobbly time lapse thing and tell you who the winner was from Ravelry and then I'll do the same for Instagram. So between 1 and 44, number 38 is our Ravelry winner. Let me just note that down. And on Instagram we had um, 29 different people. So again I'll do it between 1 and 29. And we have got number 15. Right. Future Fee is about to tell you who the winners were. Hello. This is Future Fee. And Future Fee has just been on Ravelry and just been on Instagram and picked the two winners. So number 38 was Emmy Warner, who is from Bucks in England. Well done, Emmy. You are one of the winners. And the second one is Caroline, <laughs> who I saw at the weekend, who is, um, she lives in Wales. So thank you. You'll hear a little bit about Caroline later on um, because she she gave me some lovely things at Wonderful Wales. So well done, Caroline. Now, what you guys win is what I've done is made it a bit of a Fjord Fibres um, booty prize. And what I'll do is um, get in touch with both winners at the same time and offer you up both the same prizes and whoever comes back first gets their first choice. But basically it is a skein of Gilly's yarn, which you know you all know that I absolutely adore. And this colourway is called Lakeside Walk and it's really beautiful, subtle kind of spring greens and um, light blues in with the cream and a little bit of a peachy brown in there as well um, and again you'll hear me talking about this yarn in a little bit because I'm working on a pair of socks in it so you win that from Gilly and the other person will win one of Gilly's really gorgeous little bucket bags I have one of these and um, they're just fantastic they kind of take three skein projects you can squish a four skein in there I did with a um, with a jumper because it's got a drawstring top to it which works really nicely um, very very beautifully made bag and I particularly love her little Norwegian ribbon that goes on the side of it so you two lucky ladies will win um, that from Gilly and I will also pop in some little bits of stationery that I just come across. I can't help but buy stationery and I've got so much of it that what I do is pop every, every now and then when I come across some nice stuff, 
I pop it in the podcast prize box and just keep on topping it up every now and then. So lucky, lucky winners, I will be getting in touch with you. Um, and then, yeah, just come back to me with what your preference is. Amazing bag or amazing wool. And um, I'll get them sent out to you. But congratulations to the winners and also everybody else that took part. It was lovely to see so many different designers because you do kind of get stuck and we see the same names time and time again so it was lovely to see some different designer names popping up in that thread um yeah excellent and the next cal i will come to that in quick news beats at the end of the podcast but i'll give you an update on what the next cal is and when i'm going to kick it off because of the little bit of a change around that i've done well done, Amy. Well done, Caroline. And thank you, everyone, for taking part in the crochet along. I'm going to shunt along into Final Destination. Um, I couldn't really remember where we was at last time round with my, my crocheted loft shawls because I know I had done one. And when, look, when I looked back on the show notes, I think I was partway through the copper one which is now completely finished and was on my stand at Wonder Wool Wales and was much admired, as was the teal one which John and Juliet took onto their stand. That's um, John and Juliet Arbin. So that was a, a finished object and that will always be on my stand whenever I do a show throughout the year. This will definitely come with me and take pride of place on Claude, my mannequin, um, in part because he's got copper on him and beautiful copper coloured um silk at the top of his neck so he looks he looks very well with a copper loft shawl on him. And the other thing that I finished was the knitted version, which I also did in the copper colourway, but starting with the darkest and coming down through the knit by numbers range. Both of them have been done in the four ply, which is four hundred metres per hundred grams and it's um, 100% merino it's beautiful to work with and it is so soft it's ridiculous it's like it's weird because when I haven't used it for a while and then I come back to it I just end up thinking why do I not use this for every single project because it's like there's a little thread of cloud and that's what you're working with it is absolutely beautiful to work with and um, I really enjoyed working on both of them the knitted and the crochet I definitely preferred the crochet because there's a lot of purling with a four ply shawl that is three skeins a lot I don't really enjoy um doing purls in when I'm knitting things but I just had to crack on with it because I had a deadline that I'd given myself of doing it for the show last weekend so that they could have it on their stand so I'll insert pictures of both of the copper ones, the knitted and the crocheted one. And the knitted pattern is now up on Ravelry. I say now. It's not yet, but Future Fee is going to put it up. And by the time you see or hear this, Future Fee will have put knitted um, loft up on Ravelry and it will be there if anybody wants that version instead. It's... It was odd. I finally finished it and it was quite a long shawl. It's not just quite as deep as the crocheted version. And um, I'd finished it late at night. Matthew had already gone to bed and we woke up the next morning. And he said, oh, did you 
did you manage to get it finished? And I was like, yeah, but I'm really not happy with it. I think I'm going to have to completely change the construction, start again. I'm not happy with the length of it. I'm not happy with the depth of it. It's just ridiculous. I, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing thinking that I can do design work. It's, it's just stupid. I should just give up. <laughs> and he was like talking me off the cliff saying, have you blocked it? Well, no, not yet. Well, you do remember that everything changes with blocking. Yes, I know, but this isn't going to change. It's, I just don't like it. I'm going to have to do it all again. It's been such a drama queen. And um, he was like, see how you feel about it after you've blocked it. Because remember how much you love things after you block them. And I blocked it. And he, two, two days later, it was dry. And he was like, do you like it? And I was like, oh, I love it. <laughs> it's one of my favourite things I've ever designed. <laughs> utterly ridiculous I can go from thinking that something is so completely worthless and I should never show it to anybody because it's awful to then really loving it because actually once you've designed it up and tried it on and tried it lots of different ways then you actually see the value and the beauty in it but oh I was all for throwing it away I was so unhappy with it and then good old wet blocking and suddenly came to life and was exactly the shawl that I had envisioned it would be when I was making it make up your own minds tell me what you think about it it's it's a really lovely long shawl so you can wear it like you do a pashmina where you double it over and thread it through the loop which is one of the ways I really like wearing larger um, shawl and pashmina projects and you can do that with it and get a beautiful um, diagonal down the front um, looked really nice on the mannequin at the show so I ended up being very chuffed with it and um, yeah John and Juliet seemed to like it as well so not so bad really I just I just need to remember everything looks better after wet blocking absolutely everything um, and not getting such a tiz about my own designs um, it's a very it's a very personal thing to put yourself out there. I know that if you're a fan of um, of Clarissa Beth's podcast from Crochet Cakes, then you know that she's um, you know been having a bit of a wobble about putting herself out there, and it is something that's really difficult to do. And you're kind of putting all of your emotions and your heart and your creativity out for other people to have feedback on and that's really difficult to do and what I have to keep on reminding myself is not everybody's going to like what I do and that's perfectly acceptable I put out what I put out and some people will respond to it and some people won't but um, yeah it's it's not an easy thing to do and for all of you creatives out there um, you still have to just keep on doing it because you have to keep on pushing yourself out and you have to get your stuff seen and known and it won't be for everyone but the people that like it will really really like it and yeah just keep on going and I'm saying this to myself as much as I'm saying it to you guys um, it's a really difficult thing to to do nobody likes to get negative feedback nobody likes to think they might get negative feedback and yet you still have to keep on pushing yourself out there my other um finished object I've been working on another sock design you've heard me talk about these already they're my mini mania socks 
and they use a set of minis from Riverknits. And what I've been working on is a pattern that would allow you to use a set of five core mini colours and then two contrast colours for the heels and toes that would actually allow you to get two pairs of socks out of seven 20 gram mini skeins. And so what I've done is made essentially a pair of um, his and her mini mania socks. So Matthews, I offered him up the purple contrast ones and he said, no, thank you. And then I said, well, how about if you had the ones that had a very dark jade colour? And he was like, oh yeah, I like them. I would wear them. I don't think he'd wear them at the house where anybody could see his socks, but he will definitely wear them in the house. He has a little thing going on for knitted socks these days. Um, and I'm almost there with the pattern, but I need to remake the two pairs of socks again before I know beyond a shadow of doubt what is feasible for making two pairs of socks out of 140 grams of mini skeins. So I've got a bit more work to do on these before I get the pattern ready to go, but I'm so pleased with the way that the stripes worked out. I mean, these are quite bright and loud. The... The five core colours that I've used are greens going through from quite a light minty green into a jade and everything in between paired with a bright pinky kind of fuchsia pinky purple for my pair and then Matthew's pair have got that dark jade that I was talking through. So yeah they wouldn't be my normal go-to socks but they're definitely they're within my colour range but they're quite full-on socks but I love them. <laughs> and if you've got minis, then, you know, you may as well make a statement with them. So when I go through Feeding the Habit, I'll show you the next set of minis that I've got to make the next two pairs of socks, which will be the ones I um, that aren't allowed to be worn because they will go onto my stand and be display socks for the pattern. But what that does mean is that we get to wear these stripy fellows um, shortly. Well, actually, probably tomorrow. <laughs> so that's another finished object that I've got in that um, I've now finished the two pairs of socks that go with that pattern and it puts me much, much further forward with understanding what's feasible with it, which is great. Um, I, I heard one word, I was being referred to as one word um, repeatedly over the weekend and that word was thorough. <laughs> And I think that totally applies with most of the things that I do in my life. I do a thorough job on almost everything. I, I grew up with the maxim from my mum, which was, if a job is worth doing, it's worth doing properly. You never do something by halves. Either don't attempt it or do it to as well as you can do it. And that's clearly really stuck with me because everything I attempt is done in a very thorough manner. Right, and then my final, final destination was the Wonder Wheel stuff. I pulled together so many new lines for doing that show and for Woolwich Junction 13. I've done a load more embroidery kits and one of them, oh, they're so cool. They are mandalas that I've had printed up on bags and then you can embroider in using one of five different um, colour sets, colour combinations. You can embroider in the mandalas. They were really, really popular at Wonderwall. And I'm having to have more embroidered up ready for Willow Junction 13. 
I had more um, project bags pulled in. I did another embroidery kit with flowers to complement the animal ones that I do. There was just so much stuff going on and loads of new stuff that I brought forward. Um, so if you wanted to see what's going on that side, the best thing to do is follow me on Instagram for the company, which the Instagram handle is knit it, at knit it, hook it. Um, because over the next week from you getting this podcast, I will be uploading all of the new stock onto, um, onto the website. And there are some really cool things that I've been pulling in from here, there and everywhere. But mainly the UK. Um, right, that is it for Final Destination. That's everything that has been going on in my world that is uh, a finished object and um, kind of being worn and being used and you know what it's all gone to. So I have just a couple of en routes to show you which are my works in um, progress. The first, um, what, the one that I won't show you is the Stobra shawl that I'm working on, which is Sarah Hazel's pattern. Um, because I haven't made any progress with it whatsoever, and so I couldn't see the point in coming in and showing you something that hasn't moved any further from last month. It will do during this weekend, because Matthew is off walking with his friend who's heading up to Scotland for a walking weekend so I will have the house to myself and lots of crafting time I'm going to try and just kind of pull myself back down from the show event and have a bit of a chill out weekend before I go into the prep for Woolwich Junction 13 next week um, so yeah I won't show you that one but what I can show you because it relates to the fact that Matthew is going walking is the next pair of socks that I've been working on for him. Um, and I'd quite like to get them done for him so he can test them out next weekend in his walking boots. Matthew has well and truly come round to the way of understanding and loving hand-knitted socks. And um, I showed this yarn off, I think... It was in the last podcast. I got it from Gilead for um, Fjord Fibres because this is now my absolute go-to um, sock yarn. I really love it. It's great if, you, if what you want is a proper pair of woolly socks, knitted or crocheted, if you want that thickness because what you want is warmth rather than stitch definition laciness then this is the most amazing yarn. And I got Matthew two colours, a dark, petrolly bluey colour, which is called Night Storm. And I'm doing contrast heels and toes in a lovely mid-green, which is it's quite a muted green, which is called Boreal Forest. And he really likes these colours. He's very chuffed and keeps on saying, and they're nearly done. And I keep on saying, you're not getting them. I'm keeping them because they're just such lovely socks. I'm really liking the way that they are working up. Um, and the reason I'm now rushing these through is less so about the fact that he's going walking this weekend, but in mid-June, as close to the um, the longest days we can get it, he and our nephew Lewis are going to do the Three Peaks Challenge, 
which I'm sure some of you have heard of and many of you haven't heard of, but they have 48 hours to climb the three highest peaks within the UK. So they will start at Ben Nevis in Scotland, climb Ben Nevis, which is... Yeah, I wrote it down. Ben Nevis is 1,345 metres above sea level. Um, and then they have to come off that mountain, drive into Cumbria in the northwest of England, and um, climb up Scaffell Pike, which is 978 metres above sea level, come back down that mountain, drive into North Wales, and climb up Snowdon, which is 1,085 metres above sea level. So it's no mean feat. It's quite a massive undertaking. I would love to be able to do it with them, and I can't. My legs just... I can't climb. I can barely get upstairs um, most of the time. And so there's no way that I can do that. But I am very kind of operational, operationally and logistics-minded, so what's actually happening is they do all of the climbs and I am their support team. So I'll be doing all of the driving, all of the cooking, making sure that they can get washed and changed for when they get off one mountain so that they can then sleep in the car and um, they're ready to go when we get to the next mountain and I drive them from one location to the next, to the next, to the next. And so what I want is for Matthew to test out these socks this weekend when he's going up to Scotland on his test walk make sure he's happy with them that his feet aren't too hot and that the um, socks are good for him and that they wick away enough moisture and then I will, if they work for him and they're good, I will make him another two pairs ahead of him going and doing the, um, the three peaks challenge and which means that when he comes off of Nevis, he can wash and get changed into a fresh pair of walking socks and wear them up the next mountain and do that over three times. And if I can, I will do the same for my nephew Lewis as well, because he's, you know, he's craft worthy. He's a good lad. And I'm really proud of the fact that a 20 year old is willing to go up and do a three peaks challenge with his uncle and um, that they'll do it. He's very, Lewis is very physically fit. He's a rugby player, so he won't have any issues with it. And Matthew and I, throughout the month of May, are doing um, a dry month, so no alcohol. And we're also going to be doing a bit of a fitness regime, so I will buddy him along for getting fitter, ready to do the Three Peaks Challenge, which is no bad thing for me anyway. So... It's going to be really interesting. I'm very much looking forward to it and being part of the kind of the support team for getting them up the mountains and making sure they're fed, watered, happy and able to travel from one place to the next. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I've got to get my... pull. I've got to pull my socks up <laughs> and get on with my um, sock knitting for Matthew to make sure that... make sure that he's got good socks for his journey up the mountains hats off to those guys because it's it's a massive challenge to do what they're going to do um, I'm really proud of the fact that they're even going to attempt it if you are in the market for some really lovely warm sock yarn 
I honestly have not had anything nicer than um, Gilly's Fjord Fibres. It's just the warmest yarn I have ever had on my feet. To the point that if if all I want is warm, warm feet, I will only buy this sock yarn now. If I want something that I'm going to, it's going to be like a summer sock that's pretty and got lace or cabling or something up it. Although I, I think that these would still be amazing for cabling, less so for lace. Then maybe I would go for something which is more of a standard merino that you get these days. But actually, if you just want warm feet, this stuff is the best that I have come across. I love it. It's very nice to knit with as well. And her colours are just beautiful. And that has been kept in, as I said it would, in my lovely um, crochet cakes bag that Clarissa Ruth gave me. And I turned it inside out because it's currently got Matthew's socks in it. So he's got the uh, the Star Wars print, which he was loving. He thought it was very appropriate that um, he had his own little project bag for his own socks being knitted. So yeah, happy boy there. So that's um, one of my main works in progress. And the other thing that I have en route is a second version of Loft Knitted. Um, because what happens is when I make a design, especially if I've done it for another company, then more often than not that I need to do it twice, especially where I can sell the pattern as well. And so I have a little mini shawl where I am working on the grape version of the knitted loft shawl. So I've got quite a lot of work to do in this. A huge amount of hours still ahead of me, but I'm really loving how these purples are working together. This is a new set of colours that um, came out from John Arban Textiles. I think it was about a year ago now. And really lovely, soft, um, purple, grapey purple colours. And yeah, so I'll be cracking on with that. I definitely won't have it as a final destination object next month because um, I've just got lots of other things that I want to be working on. And there's no big rush on this one. Um, and after Woolwich Junction 13, I've got until August before my next event. So I don't, yeah. It's not going to be done in a week and a half's time, so the reality is I don't have to have it done until the end of July, which is fine. Only you guys know. Nobody else knows it should be there on the stand already. Feeding the habit. Now, what I should be showing you is a load of wool from Iceland that my dad has brought me back because he was meant to be coming down today, but uh, he's ill, unfortunately. Um, and so he's not coming down, uh, which is sad. But as he said, I'm more concerned about the fact that I've got to wait another <laughs> another month before I get my wool. That's not true. Um, it would have been lovely to have seen my dad today and tomorrow. But um, yeah, he's too ill to come down. He was due to go to a Gomez gig with Matthew because um, those two quite often go and watch live music together. I don't get invited. They've got a total bromance going on together and I, me and my mum would just get sidelined and those two go off into the sunset holding hands uh, and go and listen to live music wherever they can. 
Um, but because he's ill, I'm going to the gig tonight instead. Um, but I can't show you lots of Icelandic wool. Uh, so I'll be showing you that probably in the next podcast, I would have thought. It doesn't stop me having lots of other stuff to show you, though. Um, first up, just because I'll come back to it, the next set of colours that I've got that um, will be the, the socks are a little tamer than the greens that I've done. And it's the next set of minis from River Knits. And what we're looking at is quite a dark purple colour and moving into a purpley brown colour, a muted dark green, a muted mid green, and then quite a light forest green colour. It's very difficult to describe these colours and on face value it might not look like they all go together but actually when you start working with the colours and that's the beauty of the minis that Becky does is it doesn't really matter they just they do all pull together pretty much you have to try really hard to make something that doesn't go with her colours and then the contrast colours I'm doing for that for my one it's a light purpley pink colour which again sounds disgusting but it's only when you see them all together and you see the contrast heel and toe together that you go oh actually because they're all of the same kind of depth of um, colour gradient it works really nicely and then for um, the kind of more masculine colour I've used the same dark jade that I used in the green version and again, they all just pull in together really very nicely. But, like I say, on face value, you look at them and you go, what? But when you've knitted just five stripes of each of the colours, they just all pull together and they look fab. And the other thing that I find is I'm more willing to wear a lot of the colours that I wouldn't necessarily put up near my face, I'll I'll put the crazy colours in my socks quite happily. So I will go out of my normal comfort zone to um to have really funky socks. And what actually happens is I go to Becky and I say, I need five more colours and two contrasts, please help. And she she helps to pull them together for me. So we have a little colour collaboration that goes on. So that's my next set of five all ready for um for the f hopefully the final version because honestly these will become pairs five and six and, and I'm, I'm loving this pattern i love how it works out but like come on <laughs> you can be too thorough um I'm, I'm ready to not have to knit these socks again but next maybe next podcast they'll be finished and i'll be able to show you those off the other thing that I managed to get when I was at Wonderwall Wales was a collaboration that Becky Rivernitz had done with Sarah from um, Mama Long Legs. And they have done, I'm sure it's Mama Long Legs, but on the thing it says Baby Long Legs. I think Baby Long Legs is maybe her dyeing company, but she is called Mama Long Legs. And they had a dye day together, and um, it was really nicely brought to everybody on Instagram where they just collaborated and came up with some new dye techniques together and had a really lovely time um, dyeing up. And the one that I wanted, 
they went to their local crafting group, which is, I think, in Loughborough, and um, a few of them had, had wine, and they got to choose the names of the colourways. And so, of course, because women wine crafting, some of them were slightly rude. The one that I got is called Wood. So I got Wood. And it's beautiful, every green going and it is, it's the forest. It's, you know, when on a summer's day, when the sun is shining and you look up through the canopy of a, a deciduous forest and the light is coming through the larger leaves and you've got the kind of jadey colours of the underside of some of the tree, of the tree leaves and you've got the bright kind of chlorophyll colours going through. That's what this skein is. It has a little bit of every colour of green in there light to dark and it's absolutely beautiful it's fairly soft as well and it's kind of like a, a DK weight so it's 275 metres for the 100 grams it's it's quite a light DK don't know what I'm going to do with it but it was a bit of a one-off collaboration yarn and I really loved all the greens so I'll find something special to do with it but it's um it's really lovely and it's British Blueface Leicester, 100% British Blueface Leicester. So it deserves to be something special. I'm just not sure what that special is yet. So I'll mull this one over. But it was one of those, don't need it, but I want it. <laughs> um, the other thing that I've got is some Southdown fleece. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that the day off that I did have in the middle of Wonder Wool Prep, I actually went and did a day of spinning on a wheel, not on a drop spindle. I have a spinning wheel and I deliberately haven't tinkered with it. I got it about three months ago and I haven't touched it because I was waiting for the spinning day and I didn't want to pick up bad habits. And... Actually, what I have discovered, if anybody's thinking about getting a spinning wheel, I thoroughly recommend going to your local guild. I'm a member of the Alsager Spinner Weavers Dyers Guild. Go to your local guild and try out as many wheels as you can or go to a yarn festival like Wonderful Wheels where you know that it's a proper sheepy festival and you will get to try out different wheels. Because the one that I've got, albeit wasn't expensive and I'll be able to sell it, just isn't suitable for me. Um, I have 33 inch legs and the wheel that I've got is a double, double drive belt and it sits you at an angle and the pull is to the left. And so my whole body is twisted and the way that the wheel is set up, even you know with different chairs... It's just not right for the length of my legs and the wheel is too far away from me for, for my upper body. So I have my eye on another wheel that somebody might be selling that I've tested out as well. And Southdown is one of the breeds I need to do for Louise Scully and Nick British's um, wool exploration. It's I think it's the August one, so I'm well ahead of this. But I figured if it's August, then I have got time to actually spin the Southdown fleece before I knit and crochet with it. And I've got 100 grams to go at. 
on the spinning day it took me all day to spin 50 grams so I'm gonna have to speed up but I really enjoyed it um if you haven't tried it and it's something that you think about give it a whirl it was the most meditative craft I have ever done because there's a real rhythm to it and you have to have that rhythm and you have to think but not too deeply and it just allowed me to really slow my brain down because like I said I was doing kind of 12 to 16 hour days every day in the lead up to it and on that day off it was just what I needed it was just a like and relax I was in a really lovely room filled with, with wonderful ladies lots of tea and cake and chat and it was really nice um so yeah spinning is definitely on my agenda that reignited my fire for it but I need to sort my wheel out I need to sell the one that I've got and I need to get um one that I really love and at the moment I'm I'm moving towards uh, an Ashford traveller that's what I'm looking at second hand definitely so yeah at some point I will be showing off what I have spun with the Seth Down ready as part of the wool explanation. The other thing that I have uh, received is some of you may be aware that Claudia from Crochet Luna podcast has been doing some new um, pin badges. She's got a new navy one which says crochet friends are the best of friends and so she sent me one of those. Um, I already had her crochet, um, crochet sisters yarn lover one, the pink one, and there was a yellow one which never quite made it to production. But I've got one; it's a bit of a special one. Um, so I have added them into my collection bag. That sits beside one that Clarissa Beth gave me, my keep calm and carry yarn badge, and my sadly no longer, um, vending Brit yarn one. Um, some of you may have heard me talk about Brit Yarn as an online shop and Isla has closed the shop down um, uh, unfortunately so Brit Yarn is no longer up and running but I thought it very appropriate to pop my badge on there. Um, for those of you that are UK or European based and have looked at Claudia's pins I'm actually about to start stocking them. I had them available at Wonderful Wheels they will be available at um, Woolwich Junction 13 and I will have them in my shop not just as this podcast goes live but probably the week after. So if you wanted one and you didn't want to pay for the US shipping, which it is horrendous, um, Claudia and I have come up with this great plan that um, she'll send them over to me and I'll sell them in my shop so your shipping will be an awful lot less. So that was another... Um, another thing that came to me and then um, I've been doing some new bags this one is fi isn't finished I haven't done the, the metal work on it yet but I've pulled together some new bags which used waxed um, cotton which means you can put them on the floor you can put them wherever you want to put them um, they've got a space for a handle and they've got the Harris tweed that I picked out when I was on the islands last summer and Claudia seen these and said I want one, I want one, I want one. When are they going up? And so what I suggested was that we did a bag swap. Claudia was on it, way, way, way more uh, like on it than I was. And my bag 
was ready and waiting for me when I came back after the weekend. She said, which one do you want? I was like, cactus. I am all about the cactus. So I have a brand new cactus bag, which has got bright, amazing cordially orange um, on the bottom and these cool as cactuses, cacti, cactuses, cacti, um, up on the top with a drawstring and a handle and I love it. And she also sent me some peanut brittle, which may have been eaten already. Matthew spied it in the fridge and, and uh, started munching on it. And I finished it off this morning because it's amazing. So this is our bag swap. I've got Claudia's cactus one. And she's getting one of my pink Tweedy ones in return. I love a good project bag. I didn't previously. I didn't see the appeal could not understand what everybody was going on about and now I really love it when my project bags match everything else that I've got going on and they are colour coordinated. It makes me very happy. I can't decide whether that's sad or not but it does make me feel more positively about a project. Even better if the crochet hook colour also matches the colour of my yarn. That's maybe a step too far. Um, the One of the other things that I got at Wonderful Wales was a new crochet hook, but it's a new old crochet hook. At Wool Gathering last week, I sat beside um, Maria and she had a beautiful old bone crochet hook and I asked her where she got it from. And what happens is when she goes to France, if she sees any little village markets on, she says that quite often what happens is that, that an old farmhouse would have been cleared out and she comes across bone crochet hooks that are no money at all. I hadn't seen a bone one before. The reality is I had, but for some reason I just assumed it was one of those kind of 1970s plastic ones. And there's a lady that does quite a few of the yarn shows in the UK. I don't know where she gets her stock from, but they are amazing. And she always has beautiful antique crafting finds, like beautiful old boxes, blankets, crochet hooks, sewing cases, you name it, Eliza Conway has it on her stand. And so I thought I would pick myself up a bone crochet hook. And that was £4.50, I think it's a four mil. And I will use it, it's very tactile, it's lovely and you can see where it's been used over the years. But actually I just thought it would be really beautiful in some of my photos. Um, it's just it's a nice prop as well as a nice tool. So I'll, be, I'll keep my eye out on that. There are some really beautiful double-ended ones as well that I think were two different sizes for each end. So, um, But the ones that she had weren't, they were a bit cracked and... The nib off the top was missing, so I'll keep an eye out for her next time. She will be at Yarndale. Um, I'll look for her there. And then um, I mentioned her earlier because she's one of our different designer Cal winners. Caroline lives in Wales, and um, I met her for the first time at Wonderwall Wales last time. And she brought me a lovely bunch of goodies to the stand at the weekend. She said. It, it's not to mention on the podcast, but I want to be able to show it off because what, she, what she's given me was lovely and she gave it to me as a thank you for the podcast. And I had lots of lovely feedback during the weekend of people 
appreciating what it is that I do and the time and effort that I put into it and um, yeah if I can just say that I love doing this podcast I love the sense of community I love the idea that we're all learning new skills together and that seems to be what most people get from it upskilling themselves together as part of a community and the lovely bunch of folks that we've got that communicate with each other all the time because of crochet and because of crafting and that makes me really happy and it's why I do the podcast I love it so um, you know stuff like this is never expected but it's a really lovely thing when I get it <laughs> and the cakes that people bring me like Lindsay and Annabelle I had lots of lovely people that knew I was on my own on the Sunday were like repeatedly going around saying do you need a coffee yet, do you need a lubric, do you need any food It was everybody was looking after me, it was really nice on the Saturday Beck was there um, working on the stand with me and she had a, she had a ball, she had great fun um, vending and being part of the kind of entertainment and theatre of it if you if you ever see me at an event, then what you see on this podcast is what you get at an event where you will get kind of personality and positivity thrown at you if you come onto my stand. You won't, you won't get somebody slumped in a corner not really wanting to engage with you. <laughs> and Beck was the same. She really enjoyed it. So what, um, what Caroline gave me was some tool which is twine which is um, made in Dartmoor it's actually spun by John Arvin <laughs> and it's a really amazing deep purpley pink colour almost like a raspberry um, and I'm actually thinking that I might use this as part of my stand in some way because I have to hang lots of things in different ways and I've got lots of different bits and pieces that people have given me that actually end up being part of my um, stand aesthetics and I'm thinking that tool is going to become part of my stand um, whether it becomes flowers or something that I'll hang up but I think that's what will happen with it and the other thing that she gave me is some Paul Dorset yarn which comes from the Kennexton flock. I've been following the lady that is the shepherdess of this flock for about two years now on Instagram. Um, it's really lovely to see. And it's it's down as a four-ply, but I would actually say it's more like a DK to a sport weight. It's 270 metres to the 100 grams. And it's a small award-winning flock of pedigree Paul Dorset sheep. Um, and it's called Living the Dream in the Vale of Glamorgan, South Wales. And it says, wool from the Paul Dorset is a superior natural fibre thanks to a special combination of bulk, resilience, softness and warmth, free from kemp and grey fibres and is remarkably white and is ideal for dyeing. Which I can tell you is because it has been dyed a lovely um, muted raspberry pink. And it just looks lovely and it's got proper bounce to it. It feels not dissimilar to... Um, Tanya, TG Frogs, Shorelines and Strata in that it, it's got some character about it, it's bounce, it's got a lovely um, twist, it's just a really nice, you know it's there kind of a yarn and it's soft. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing with this. I was wondering whether it might marry in with the two colours that I was given by Rachel, which were from the Lana Rara shop which is over in Switzerland 
I think it might go really well with them because it's got those muted tones to it. So I'm looking forward to the, um, using this. And again, Paul Dorset is one of the breeds which is on the um, wool exploration, exploration list. So yeah, I might, might end up using this one as part of my sample as well. Um, although I'm using totally undyed stuff for my crochet blanket, but I'm, I have used some dye ones in my knitted sample squares. It doesn't smell sheepy, but I think it would have done. The What does sell, smell sheepy is the South Down Fleece. It's got that sweet, nutty grassiness about it. Can't help it. Any, I just, you have to sniff. Like, the tool doesn't smell, but you have to sniff it. It's, you know, it's an essential part of that sense, sensation that you get coming through from being a crafter. And if you don't sniff, you're missing out. It's good to sniff and see what it, it tells you so much about the product. So let me cover off quick news beats. The first thing I want to talk about is Cal's uh, and basically confession. I have been overly ambitious in the number of Cal's I think that I can run this year. So what I'm going to do is drop the vintage along. And I'm going to run that in 2019 instead. Um, the summer top cal was already meant to be started, I think. And uh, I've just got too much else on my plate at the moment. So what I'm proposing is that the summer top cal will start on Friday the 1st of June, which is when the next podcast is due. So we'll have like a triumphant podcast day and start of the summer top cal. But what I would say is don't be put off. If you're going into your autumn winter, um, then, you know, it's top cal. I'm only calling it the summer top cal because most of my uh, listeners and viewers actually come from the Northern Hemisphere. Um, so it will be called the summer top cal. But if you're doing your biggest woolies jumper, I don't care. Come on out and be part of it. I don't care if you are weaving, knitting, crocheting it. It's about people crafting together and showing off their techniques and what it is that they're working with and working on. So that's going to start on the 1st of June and it's going to run until the 13th of July. So you've got about six weeks to um, get your tops done and dusted. So start looking now. My Instagram feed is starting to um, fill up with people that are looking at summer tops to do. So there's quite a bit of inspiration out there already. Um, I'll pop all of the details up on Ravelry and as ever when the cal starts there will be a kind of a flyer for it on Instagram as well and there will be prizes and you can double dip um, oh yeah and if you've already got a top that you've started but haven't finished put it in for the cal I'd much rather you finished off an object than started a new one and then had a lingering whip in the corner somewhere receiving no love. I, I don't care. I just want people to be crafting. Um, so yeah, I was overly ambitious. I apologise. I will try harder. <laughs> um, but yeah, that will be our next cal. Uh, I was also overly ambitious, although it wasn't my fault... The global hookup was meant to happen on the Saturday that I was in Wales and I had emailed the accommodation ahead and said, how good is your Wi-Fi? 
this is what I need to be doing on the Saturday night. And she'd come back and said, our Wi-Fi is great. We've got our own unit and it's brilliant. And then I just couldn't get onto the Wi-Fi at all. So I couldn't access Zoom to be able to run the session, couldn't get in touch with anybody to get somebody else to run it. And the best I could do was get a story up on Instagram and say, guys, I'm struggling to get in. I will run it in a week's time instead. Yes, yeah, so the next global hookup will be on Saturday the 5th of May. Um, I'm going to do it as an 8pm and for an, roughly about an hour and a half. And that's 8pm GMT. So please do come and join me. And apologies if you are waiting to get into the other global hookup. Um, I was literally stood there pressing refresh, coming out, um, redoing the settings to try and get into the Wi-Fi. And it just wasn't working on that or my phone. And um, Deb and Rebecca and Jeff were struggling to get into the Wi-Fi as well. So, yeah, it's just one of those things out of my control. In hindsight, I probably shouldn't have gone ahead with it on that Saturday. And it's something that I know I can do from here, from my house. So it might be that the the days change every now and then. Um, but, yeah. So Saturday night, 8pm uh, GMT, next global hookup. And one final one for quick news beats is that where we are in Europe, it is the time of year when daffodils are dying over. So if you're interested in natural dying, um, you need to get out there and pick all the daffodil heads before your local council or municipalities go and mow them down, which is what happens to us here. So I've been collecting a few. Um, and what I do is just deadhead them and then dry them out. And when I tried natural dyeing with daffodils last year, I got a really gorgeous mustardy ochre yellow colour out of them. And what you need, if you're going to give it a go, is double the weight of dead daffodil heads, heads only, to the weight of wool or yarn that you want to dye. So I have got just 10 grams here and I used 20 grams of um, daffodil heads to do that. If you want a more subtle colour, then try doing a 50-50 ratio um, because that will work for you. As well, it will still dye, you just won't get such a dark colour with it. And all I'm going to do is go and pick lots and lots of daffodil heads, dry them out, leave them until I'm ready to use them. And then I will simply... Um, soak those daffodil heads for a couple of days and then use that water as the dye bath once I have boiled it up. Take the daffodils out and use an alum mordant and that will be how I dye the next batch of yellow wool. Which I've got some teas water which I'm thinking about dyeing up because I think it will really take the um take the dye nicely and it's already got quite a nice yellowy creaminess to it so I think it will lend itself to daffodil dyeing but if you've got any flowers that are going over I do believe that blue primroses can give off a particularly lovely colour as well so just go around picking up all the dead heads um, which is good for your flowers anyway and see what you can dye up with them but daffodils definitely want to try and get hold of now before they get strimmed down and have gone. I know somebody also um, from my Spinners Weavers Dyers Guild who has actually been 
just taking the flowers and freezing them. So she's just got, I think, quite a lot of them in her freezer ready to go. And I know quite a few other people have been doing that. And she's got lots of different types of daffodils, so she might get stronger yellow. She's actually going to dye it straight onto fleece. And then she will manage the fleece after that. So I'll be intrigued to see what she comes back with. And if she brings it to one of the meetings, then I will try and take a photo and I'll show you how that worked compared to my own daffodil dyeing, um, which I love. And I definitely want more of this colour if I can recreate it. So that's it for quick news beats. Um, I don't have any big ups because I still haven't caught up with any of the new podcasts. Uh, but I will do ready for next month. So that just leaves me with J'adore. And the things I have been loving <laughs> this month, sheepy wool festivals. Um, you know, having just been at Edinburgh, which I really enjoyed, and then uh, and unravel, and then going to Wonderwall. My my heart is most definitely where you can walk around talking to vendors that have got the time to talk to you. And you can hear sheep buying in the distance and you can smell them. You can definitely smell them at Wonderwall. Um, but that is definitely my kind of festival. I just I just love it. Um, it's It just means so much more to me that the livestock are there. And yeah, if you're looking for the next one that's, that's like that in the UK, then look towards Woolfest, which is up in Cumbria over by... Cockermouth and that is in June so if you've not been to a sheepy festival and you're looking for one that's your next best opportunity to get to one I really like that one as well but my heart is with Wonderwall Wales that's my favourite one throughout the year the one that I look forward to the most and um, other things that I am loving when I was on my way back god I haven't even told you about the van <laughs> yeah I'll tell you about that as well um, on my way back from Wonderwall Wales in the van I had the biggest van like I'm a very confident driver you know I'll, you put me in a Luton van that's fine I'll drive a Luton van put me in a minibus I'll drive a minibus um, but I'd ordered in a short wheelbase van because I didn't need anything bigger than that and frankly anything bigger means that I'm just paying more diesel than I need and they had delivered me a long wheelbase van. No issue. So I'm driving this back along the Welsh country roads on Sunday night. Uh, I left the venue having packed up at about half seven. Didn't get home till ten. But what that means is that I was picking up all of the kind of Sunday night dance radio stations. And lots of them were playing 90s hits from like, when I was growing up when I was a teenager. So... There's me in my uh, silver massive van dancing away to myself to like Hadaway, What is Love, um, Rhythm of the Night, Corona. Oh, I just, I had a ball. It was like I was 16 again, driving the first few years when I was allowed to get my dad's car occasionally. Oh, just, I absolutely loved it. I had it on full blast. It was the most amazing sunset when I just crossed over into Shropshire from Wales and going along um, the Minns, basically. It was absolutely beautiful. I'll see if I can add a photo in. Bright, bright pink sky. It was gorgeous. 
with Hadaway playing. <laughs> I just loved it. It was so much fun. Um, what I didn't love, though, although I, I have a newfound love of Bobcats, was on the way to the venue on the Friday. So, you know, big rush to try and get there, have as much set-up time as possible. Unfortunately, the main road there was um, close to a, a massive traffic incident. Um, a, it was a three-car pile-up. Um, I'm hoping that the people were okay, but the road had been closed for many hours. I managed to turn the van around in a farm turning and did a loop round the back road. But the road that I took, there were some gentlemen working on the side, one of them with the little bobcat digger thing, and the other guy had his 4x4 and a trailer partway on the road. And as I've said, my car, my van was massive. And I wound down the window initially to say, look, there's been an accident, I don't know if you know, you might have a lot of cars coming up and down this road. And he said it had been like that since half eight. And I said, any chance you can move your vehicle over um, because I, I don't think I can get round you. I'm going to have to go up and into the verge and it looks really boggy and I'm going to get stuck. And he said, you'll be all right. Vans have been driving up and down all morning. I was like, I, just, I don't think I will, but whatever you tell me, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I wasn't fine. I got stuck in the ditch. And I basically got out, looked at him and said, can you get me out, please? <laughs> he just looked at me and I was like, well, you said I would be okay and I'm not, so can you please get my van out? And he couldn't get it out. And the guy that had this little bobcat digger thing basically saw what was happening, came crawling up the road. It's on caterpillar tracks, this little thing, like up towards the back of the van beeped the horn to let the his mate know that he was going to nudge it out. This stupid little meep meep. <laughs> I mean, it looks like the most pathetic little bit of machinery, but it has got so much torque. And he basically used the digger bit, which has got all of the torque, to push the van out of the verge. And I'm stood there with a massive line of traffic behind me in a hire van that I haven't paid the excess on because I was being tight. So my insurance excess would have been a thousand pounds had something gone wrong instead of two hundred, and I'm stood in the middle of the road going, "Please don't ruin the van! Please don't ruin the van! Please don't ruin the van!" And then there's this meep meep, <laughs> and the bobcat nudged the van right out the way, and off I went. But I was just, I was cacking myself that he was going to completely do in the bumper on the van, but it was fine. Total mayhem going down all those side roads with oncoming traffic in a long wheelbase van. But I'll take that up with the van hire company uh, next time I hire for them. They'll have to give me what I want because I just don't want to go through that again. So one of the things I do totally love uh, this month is bobcats. If you're ever stuck, just hope that there's a little bobcat digger somewhere to... Uh, Meep, meep, and nudge you out of the out of the ditch. I've never been so pleased to get stuck with uh, like two guys working to the side of the road. It was just, um, yeah. I mean, it was their fault I was stuck, but equally I was pleased that they were willing enough to help me and get the freaking van out of the ditch. I'd just visions of me being sat there for hours and then being hours behind at Wonderwall. Um, but yeah. It was all done and dusted and sorted. Meep, meep. 
Love a bobcat. <laughs> right. I think that's it. I have no idea how long this podcast has been. I don't think it's been very long because I haven't got that much stuff to share with you. Or maybe I have. Maybe it's like my standard scenario. So that was it. All the dubs. Wool. Wonderful wheels. Wonderful people. And totally winging it on this podcast. Love to you all. See you in a month. Bye bye. Thank you. Less been going. Still quite a bit. But definitely. better. Now you see all of my fizzle, you lucky, lucky people. 39, 38. Emmy Warner. Big Caroline! <laughs> awesome! Right, come on. with it. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Crochet Circle podcast. This was one that... Na, 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 na. Don't have time for this. Get on with it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>